Hey, you came back for part two. Thanks. Enjoy the international part of the Festivus celebration. <laughs> All right. Well, let's turn our attention to the writer world. It is time for some airing of grievances. Uh, first of all, this entire segment is going to be, Adam, I am going to talk to you and have you ask Jeff questions because I don't want to speak with him after what happened on Tuesday. And... (laughs) Oh, man. Really? Really? So, right now, Jeff Jeff and Wolverhampton are are in the in the lead for the soccer chat cup and i am going to go buy some gigantic gaudy vase from like marshall's or tj maxx just to award it to you so that it takes up room in your little home office oh well thank you very much (laughs) you know what it's we haven't won as many games as I would like to, but the fact that we have beat Arsenal and we have beat Chelsea, yeah, I'm. It's it, it's a little extra special uh, treat for me. Wait, wait, did you just mention beating Arsenal as being important this year? I'm just saying. Uh, we're, no, we're currently just, sitting. It we're just, currently sitting seventeenth in points per game. It's Jeez, not that we beat saying. Arsenal; it's just that my club beat your club. That's what that's what matters. Uh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> See now you sound like a Tottenham fan. Uh, uh, no. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you can't win any awards, you better find something else to be excited about because Lord knows an empty trophy case shouldn't be one of them. <laughs> so, Adam, as we've said, Arsenal in seventeenth. Real talk game, here. 17th. Real talk here. How worried are you? about relegation zero percent yeah zero percent as a guy who is such an arsenal fan do you know the last time your team was relegated uh let's see this is our worst start since 74 uh i don't was it in the teens think think before the war like you were talking about before the Great War or before World War II? <laughs> yes, exactly. Before the Great War. So 1913, you were yeah. relegated, wow. spent two years in Division Two, gaining promotion just before World War One began. So basically since Armistice, Armistice Day, the actual Armistice Day, not like a, one of the celebrations later on, you guys have been in England's top flight. Uh, so yeah, we, I think a lot of still- people are... Very nervous, and they they need no. to just cal- calm down. Calm down. Yeah. We still will, we, and we still will be next year, um, because the fact is, we could not play worse than we have played so far this year. You just can't. And that being said, six and zero in Europa League, and not in the relegation zone. So all these people that are that are freaking out as much as they are, which is great. You know, it's not a wonderful place to be in, sitting fifteenth in actual points, not in points per game. Um, It's not a great place to be. I get that. We've only got 14 points um, so far in the season out of 14 games, which is really quite ugly, right? Um, But the the fact of the matter is, like, you're a couple wins away from being in the mid-table while those teams stay where they're at. Um, And to get overtaken – 
by like a Burnley who has only played 12 games. So that's why they're like ahead of us on points per game or wherever they're at or close to us on points per game. They're not winning those extra two games. So they're going to stay down there at 10 points. Fulham's going to stay down there at 10 points. Um, You know, Sheffield United has two points in 14 games. So they're relegated. Right. So your your West Brom has seven points in 14 games. They're relegated. They have half as many points as us. All right. So really it's one spot. So you're talking Burnley, Fulham, Brighton, Hovajavian. None of those teams say to me, I'm going to overtake Arsenal. So I'm not worried about it. Um, The other part that I really am tired of is Tottenham fans giving me a freaking hard time. Guys, points per game, you're in seventh. You are also not making Europe. So if you finish seventh and we finish 12th, doesn't matter. You're not making Europe next year either. So shut the heck up. (laughs) You guys still suck. You guys still have no trophies. So looking, looking at, at where our clubs are, what we can do, what do you believe is the ceiling for your club this year? As Michael Jordan famously said, the ceiling is the roof. Uh, Champions league qualification by winning Europa league is the ceiling. That's the highest we could possibly get. And where do you expect them to actually be? Uh, to lose in the semifinals of the Europa League by an own goal done by <laughs> David Luiz after it being kicked over by Willem. That's what I expect. What's the protocol? Uh, He's probably concussed. Yeah. Uh, well, he'll still be on the field, though, even with even with a concussion, because that's how we roll. Uh, <laughs> so that's, that's what I'm expecting, followed by um, us make, making a bit of a run in the Premier League that gets us into, like, Eighth or ninth, and missing out completely on Europe next year. So, Jeff, how you feeling about Wolves? Uh, well, I think we're making uh, lemonade out of lemons, but uh, the elephant in the room is the fact that our main goal scorer is out uh, probably for the rest of the season, uh, Raul Jimenez, and he's doing better, but we can't expect him to come back. Yes, Neto is stepping up. Uh, Pedence is stepping up. But I really can't see us threatening to get back into Europe unless we pull a uh, winning the FA Cup. So um, I would love to see that change. And again, I don't think we're gonna we're gonna drop much less than we are. I think right now we're at we just dropped down to eleventh after the Villa win today. But I think realistically we're probably gonna be somewhere between eight to ten. Uh, probably very close ending up with Arsenal. So I, I agree with Adam there. Um, but we know this is a rebuilding year insofar as Nuno is making some changes on how we, how we form. And uh, I think it's going to make us stronger for next year. But I really don't see us getting back in Europe unless we uh, end up winning the FA Cup. It, it's a shame you only have one more match to just go dribbling on through Chelsea's defense and scoring goals in the dying seconds of a game. Um. For me, I feel like we have a ceiling of getting to third place. I really don't see us battling in the top two. Uh, And I think in reality, it's probably going to be more like fourth or fifth um, on the cusp of whether we're going to be going to to 
uh, Champions League or Europa League. Uh, as far as what's coming up in January with uh, the draw they had for Champions League against Atletico Madrid, I don't like that matchup, and I think that that is going to be as far as we're going to get. Uh, I don't see us moving past them. If we do, I don't really see us getting much farther than the next round after that. Uh, so I, I think that's pretty much what it's going to be. We're going to come down to the wire of the year trying to beat out you know, Manchester United or uh, or someone like Tottenham to qualify for Champions League? Well, I think one thing that stands out this year for me, looking at the league, is Southampton, Everton, and Leicester City are pushing it. And so they are, and yes, there are some other tr- traditional top six clubs that are struggling, but at the same time, we have to give our hats off to how, how well-organized uh, Leicester City, Everton, and Southampton are right now, that they are pushing. So right now is a bad time not to be in top form if you want to stay in the top six. So just to go ahead, Adam. I mean, mean, Tottenham, points per game-wise, you know, Tottenham's at 1.79 points per game. It's not like they're setting it on fire, right? Like... Man City's right behind them and has a game in hand. At, mm-hmm. Like, I just, you know, Ashton Villa is the really weird one, right? I mean, they've only played 11 games. Is that right? Uh, no, 12 that now. Happen? 12. 12 yeah, now? Yeah, they had their okay. 12th, yeah. Like, how does that happen? Like, how does they played so much less games? It's not like they're, like, heavily involved in other competitions. Like, how did that happen? Was it a COVID it w- situation? It was, or? it was because of the clubs they were playing we're supposed to be playing were in those competitions. So okay. it was, uh, I think one was a COVID thing, and then one was the team they were playing had to be in Champions League for something. Okay. That's the thing that drives me crazy. That's why I always want to look at points for game, because it can be very, it can mm-hmm. be very deceiving of like where people, where teams actually are as of right now um, can really throw you off. But yeah, I, my question for you as as a as a Chelsea fan there uh when you talk about fighting for second is it discouraging you know I know that if Arsenal was in where you're at sitting there where they look at the the table to know that there's zero chance only a third of the way through the season that you can catch Liverpool when you have one of your better teams is that discouraging It's a little frustrating um, you know, there's a lot of new players that they've brought in this year and, you know, I, yeah, I, it's, it's recently that I came to kind of enjoy watching Chelsea. So I don't have a bunch of baggage, um, like you have from when you looked at the top <laughs> of the premier league table and chose Arsenal in 2006. So I don't Negative. have that same baggage, but, um, but yeah, you know, I, I would, what really struck me in this game against Wolverhampton is they felt a lot like what happened with the Portland Timbers this season of a team that has scoring options that you want to feel good about, but it seems as if it's incredibly predictable. And if a team will just bunker in and be patient, then you know that at some point the shaky defense is going to crumble. And instead of seeing your team win, with two or three goals, they lose one, nothing, or they lose two to one in the dying seconds 
because Ricardo <laughs> Pepe somehow snuck through the defense for crying out loud. I'm just waiting for Ricardo Pepe to sign with Aston Villa and do something to hurt me with Chelsea because he seems <laughs> destined to hurt me at every level. Um, oh, that's so good. <laughs> so, yeah, they. I feel like they should be doing better, and it's hard to see them in this struggle of the last few matches where they just can't, they can't break people down. It's almost as if they're too confident in their scoring ability that they play too deliberately and they need to just kind of rock and roll and use some of the speed that they have and the different skill and take people on uh, that might actually allow them to get where they could be at towards the top. Uh, but yeah, if they're, if they're so, in third place, they're still in champions league. So there's that. Yeah, that's a good point. So one yeah, of the, wow, thanks. Yeah, thanks for that. One of the things that's <laughs> that's interesting to look at is, and something I enjoy looking at stats-wise is this early in the season, we're 14 games in, and granted that is roughly a third of the season. I mean, I know it's not perfectly a third, but it's roughly a third. Um, is what? Wh- how much of where you're at has to do with who you've played so far? Uh, and, and why I say that is... One of the teams with, and this is going to be skewed slightly because you, if you suck, you're giving points away, right? But points per game wise of opponents that you've played, Liverpool opponents have played have gotten one point three eight points on the season. Uh, man, Man United one point two, Everton one point three. Uh, who who do you think is leading with the most points that they've played against so far this year? Would that be Arsenal? No, actually, it's not. It's Sheffield United, but number two is Arsenal at one point five, <laughs> and over, and their their remaining games, Arsenal has the second lowest remaining opponents, and over the next four, they have the lowest at one point one, and the reason I bring that up is, I talk about like all these Arsenal fans that that are that are crying and free, freaking out and thinking about relegation. If four games from now we're still sitting only gaining one or two points, then yeah, you've got something. But there's a good chance four games from now, we've picked up seven points, which is half of what we picked up in 14 games. Like that's realistic. If you And so like, as much as you want to freak out about like, what does this look like? You know, who are we playing? It's like, what's our stuff look like? Like we play you guys in Chelsea, which is going to be tough, but then we've got Brighton, West Brom and Crystal Palace. I'm just saying like, it, it seems reasonable that that before you know it, these things have flipped and we're back where we expected, which is fighting for trying to make it into Europa League. Nobody looked at this team and thought they're fighting to beat Liverpool or Man Man City. Nobody did. Yeah, so I, I, don't I would agree with that. And I am uneasy about our Boxing Day matchup simply because you guys need it a lot more and the, the boost of confidence that will come from a win against Chelsea on that day. Uh, it, it, it has me nervous. I think it's, it is, it's going to be a tough game and, uh, and we'll see what happens. So real quick, just a couple quick topics as we finish up around the world, looking at other European leagues, is there one of them that you guys think kind of the typical winner is going to go down? Hmm. 
So if you look in Spain right now, neither Real Madrid or Barcelona are at the top of the table, and you see the same thing in Italy. Um, so, like I said, do you guys, in any of those, do you think Juventus is going to eventually get itself back to the top, or or in the same with Real and Barca? I don't think Barca is. I think Real is, I mean, they're in second, right? They're right there. Granted, they have played mm-hmm. two less games than Atletico. Um, I just don't see Barca making it back. I think for whatever reason, they're just they're struggling more than they normally do. Um, but I think Real Madrid ends up on top when it's all said and done. I think things are looking a little more interesting in the Bundesliga. Uh, yes, uh, Bayern Munich is still at top, but it's a lot closer. Uh, I was surprised to see how well uh, Leverkusen is playing this year, and RB Leipzig is 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 really solid. So it's not a it's not a guarantee that we're going to see uh, Bayern Munich at the end. Should I make the dad joke about how any game against Bayer Leverkusen is a headache? Um. Oh, bum 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 bum. I think he did. I say, I say, keep your eyes peeled on what happens in Serie A. I think, uh, I think mm. that's going to be a, a juicy matchup heading down to the wire. And the other one is Scottish Premier Premiership Rangers at the top. Now Celtic have three games in hand against Rangers, so that that gap could close pretty quick. Uh, but uh, but I'm I'm saying Rangers has a chance to finally unseat Celtic, who have something like 13, 14 straight Scottish Premiership titles. Well, in the uh, league, all Uber Eats uh, right now, uh, PSG is at third, and now it's very tight. Oh. Obviously, with Lille, with yeah. Lille and Lyon is actually leading right now. I'm not sure that's going to hold, but usually uh, PSG is has got a wide gap. So that's making it quite interesting this year. If nothing else, it's been great this year just to see that these tables are not, you know, you remember if you think back to this time last year, basically Liverpool was putting the finishing touches on the premier league. um, And, and you see that with a lot of the other clubs, but there, there isn't anyone running away and hiding. Uh, So it's going to be make for an interesting spring as we watch the rest of these seasons. All right, let's move on to the Biggles Wade report. So I have interviews with people from all three Biggles Wade clubs. We, of course, have our friend Chris Nunn, manager for Biggles Wade Town. We also have the manager for Biggles Wade FC, Dave Northfield. Talk to us about that. And then we talk with Josh Roberts Law who is one of the folks that does the commentating on Twitch for Biggles Wade United, does a lot of other work for their social media team. Uh, So this was really fun and really exciting. Um, Just before we get started, if everyone wants to uh, get out a sheet of scratch paper, we're going to go through how, how all this works in... Uh, in England. So tier one is the English football league. You have those first four divisions, right? So that's, that's premier league championship league one league two, which has our friends at uh, Leighton Orient in league two. 
After that, they get relegated to the Tier 2. That is what's known as the National League. Also sometimes is called the Football Conference. So there is a national division that is the top, and folks get relegated from there to two regional divisions that are north and south. So there's Conference North and Conference South. Then you go to Tier 3, and this is where we have our friends Biggleswade Town. They are in the Southern League. There is the Southern League, there is the Northern League, and there is the Isthmian League. And uh, that one is kind of the, the southeast corner of England is what's known as the Isthmian League. So you have a Division One, or you have a Premier League, which is where Biggleswade Town is. You have a Division One, which is where Biggleswade FC is right now. So that's the Southern League. And underneath that, you have what they call the Counties Leagues. So those Counties Leagues are very much more regionalized and that is the South Midlands League, which has a Premier League, which is where Biggleswade United is. And then there is the uh, Division One, which doesn't have anyone that we know about. Um, pretty much by the time you've gotten to Conference North and South, there's not really any full-time professionals. So after that, they're basically all amateur clubs. Um, you know, with players that are looking, young players that are looking to get noticed and maybe get into some of the professional systems in their academies and things like that. Some of those guys from the academies get put on loan to those clubs. And, uh, and so that is your English league system. You guys got that? Clear as I think everything perfect, yeah. Okay, because there will be a quiz after the interviews are over. Um, here we go. I hope you guys enjoy this Biggles Wade report. All right, we've got Biggles Wade Town head coach Chris Nunn joining us again. So glad to have you back, coach. Lovely. Yeah, it's good to be here. Good to speak to you guys. Uh, always look forward to it. So... We're just wanting to try to to get an update of how things are going. I know um, it's been kind of on and off again the last few weeks. You guys had had a, a month or six weeks of lockdown. You were able to come back and play an FA Trophy match and uh, and a friendly. And then it's still been, as far as league play, you guys have still been suspended. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. And as of uh, yesterday, the Prime Minister... Uh, Boris has said we're now into a new tier, tier four in, in, in England, which is the most severe tier you can get, which says that we can't play football anyway. Um, so I, th I think uh, this season's going to be probably very similar to last year. I can't see it finishing, unfortunately. I can't see a way around it. Um, I've always felt this year was going to be tough and even more so now with uh, with the COVID and what it's doing to the country and to people. So it's disappointing, but, uh, you know, it's... Uh, there's always next season. So how does that go forward as you get to the spring and um, you know, you're able to maybe come out of tier four, still have the ability to play some matches? Is there going to be friendlies? Do you foresee maybe trying to play as many league games as possible <clears throat> just so that the the boys can get games in and have that experience? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be really difficult. I mean, I mean, what we have to deal with at the moment is what the facts are. So the facts are at the moment, we've mm -hmm. played eight league games. 
So that means we've got another 30, 30 games left, I think. So we've got 30 league games to play. So in general, the season normally starts early August, which means you wouldn't start pre-season until five to six weeks before, which would be the end of June. Mm-hmm. So if we work our way back, that, that leaves us six months to fit in 30 games and have pre-season. Um, obviously, in England, um, you won't know this because the weather <laughs> is very different <laughs> in terms of in January and February. It's, you, you, we get a lot of rain and you get a lot of waterlogged pitches. Um, we've got to deal with COVID as well, which is obviously not great. So right. um, I, I did feel that there might be a league restructure of some sort, i.e. maybe changing how we do things. But at the moment, looking at it and where we are and what we're going through, I, I would imagine this season will probably end up being another null and void, um, which in a way is probably not a bad thing. It means that we can focus on next season. We know when that will start. We don't have to interfere mm-hmm. with that. Um, I mean, we're playing a tournament at the moment called the FA Trophy, uh, which unfortunately we lost in the last round. I mean, it's kind of crazy. They still haven't finished it from last season yet. So we still actually played, we started playing it again this year and they still haven't finished it from last season. You've got to add to that that we lost to Bedford, unfortunately, on penalties. They went through to the next round. They couldn't play the next round because they had a COVID outbreak in their, in their team. So that means Alfreton then get a buy into the next round. They were due to play on Saturday. And they couldn't play on Saturday because the pitch was waterlogged. So, oh yeah, <laughs> it's um, you know, so, so it's not just a question <laughs> of um, there's so many things that are going to happen, especially over the next few months. That I think it's going to be really difficult, and and maybe we just have to say, right, this is happening. When we can start playing again, that can, we can just start preparing for next season. But I think at the moment, there's a uh, the virus is certainly hitting home. Um, and, and we're starting to know people that are getting it and, and, and some mm-hmm. people are very poorly with it, so um, which is not good. So right. we've got to look after each other and ourselves and hopefully uh, hopefully, come Easter time, we'll be in a much better place. So as uh, what's, what's the morale of the team like? I, I'm guessing now that you've been moved to that Tier 4, even training has been suspended. <clears throat> yeah, we can't do anything now. So I've said to the, to the, the boys, you know, you've got to go and have a good Christmas, enjoy yourself. This is a rare year for them where they can eat as much turkey as they like. They can drink <laughs> as much, as many beers and as wine as they like. Um, but it, they've got to enjoy themselves. You know, you know, it's, we're all going to be in very difficult. It's going to be a very different Christmas to one that is normal. Um, yeah. But they've, they've got to have Christmas off. They've got to try and try and spend some time with their loved ones. And uh, hopefully, like I said, hopefully come Easter we'll, we'll be back and ready to roll. But at the moment, it is um, yeah. Unfortunately, we can't play or train. So just kind of specifically on the field, you said that you had the, the eight league games, you, you had FA Cup and uh, FA Trophy and different tournaments that you played in. As you look back on how the season went, what, what do you think were positives and, and maybe even some negatives to grow from? Um, the negatives uh, was without doubt in terms of trying to get a squad together in the time that we had with the finances we had available. Mm-hmm. Um, it was always going to be tough. You know, there's there's a lot of teams uh, locally to us who have got uh, who have got better financial deals they can offer. Um, and maybe with COVID, I, I may have, myself as a manager, I may have just maybe, I, I could never see this season finishing. I've yeah. never felt all along this season was never going to finish and I probably didn't give it enough time as I should have done. Mm-hmm. When everyone else was going around signing players, I was just thinking they were being busy fools, you know, and 
some yeah. players I spoke to were like, well, you're not signing anyone. Why are you not signing players? And I'm like, well, I just don't see this season finishing. You know, I just, don't, <laughs> I felt it all the way along. You know, I've just felt that there's too much going on in the world. And, and uh, I think it was when we lost our first league and we then lost in the FA Cup. And I can remember um, with Scott and uh, Russell, my, my two partner management team, I said, I said to them on the pitch that night, we've got to sort this out. So we, we actually got some lads in on loan. Um, mm-hmm. And we gave ourselves a real, maybe a, a kick up the bum, really, just to say, right, guys, we've got to sort this out, you know. And yeah. um, uh, so the negatives was probably more down to myself in having a slow start. The positives at the end was I felt we've got a good, young, hungry team full of energy um, and who just want to play football. And sometimes, uh, you know, they're, they're the challenges you have as a manager to get that hungry team to click. And and I, and I felt we were doing okay, you know. I, th- I think we've got a side yeah. that will that will do okay. I mean, we're not going to win the league, you know. We're not going to get relegated. I think we'll do okay, you know. So, um, right. you know, at, at the end of the season, we were playing some good football. We've got some good players who who I felt were progressing and doing better. And um, yeah, it's a shame in a way that that, that it stopped. Um, and like I said, I think we stopped for a few weeks, and it's, it's a shame in a way, but. It is what it is, you know, and we've, we've got to move yeah. on. But there's there some good things to come out of this season and, and some things that we all learn that, that were poor as well. Do you foresee a lot of changes to your team as you go to set up for the next season? Or are you going to try to give a lot of these lads another chance? I'd like the lads that we've got to stay. Um, mm-hmm. Every season, I always think you need to bring in two or three fresh faces this right. year, I think we had about nine. <laughs> um, oh wow! <laughs> but that, that was that was that was just the nature of the beast in in, in what what sure. we had to deal with. So, so I, I would say we're probably, I, I would say there's a good eight or nine, maybe ten players that I really want to keep for next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and within that, then we've got to try and add to that. And there's going to be, you know, five or six that we've got to bring in, and we've got to make sure that one they fit in as lads in terms of how they conduct themselves and how they. Uh, uh, and how they play, and then also to make sure yeah. that they they fit into the financial um, environment that we're in as well. So uh, you know, it's a tough job sometimes. It's a tough job. Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm sitting here watching Leeds and Manchester United myself. Um, the the network that broadcasts here in America refers to all the games in this period as the festive fixtures, uh, where they're playing lots of you know on the weeknights and things. I'm just wondering yeah. when when you hear you know coaches like Pep and Klopp complain about how compact the schedule is during this time of year, do you do you get upset or irritated or do you just kind of shake your head and laugh of like you know if only you knew? Yeah, I mean, th- these guys are under immense pressure, you know, uh-huh. and there's very fine lines into uh, success and failure. So when you're at the top of the game, which these guys are the fine lines can be a difference between a 12.30 kickoff and a 5.30 kickoff if they played uh-huh. on a Thursday to a Saturday. Um, in terms of reality, if you look at life and you think, well, our guys are working um, and then they have to play football, they might be on a building site all day and then they have to play, um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, which can be tough. But then that's why they're at the level that they're at. But I, I get where they come from sometimes. There's a lot of games to play, but but – what we are is that we feed these animals. When I, when I call them animals, we feed the beast of the Premier League. You know, it's a beast. Right. The Premier League is mass. It's a massive animal. It's a massive thing out there. So we feed the Premier League by paying for our satellite subscriptions um, to watch them on Sky Sports and BT Sports. Uh-huh. And, you know, globally, it's a massive, 
organisation, isn't it, the Premier League? So it's such a big thing that we're paying their these guys their money. So they've got to entertain yeah. us, you know? So they've got to entertain us when we're sitting at home like today. There's four oh, games exactly. in the Premier League today. So they've got to make sure that the money they're earning is to perform. So please perform. You know, if you're upset that you're playing four games in 12 days, whatever it is, then go and be an actor or go and work on the stage. You know, you're going to do it every night. So, <laughs> you know, it's, um, I think all I would say is, is that sometimes for managers, they can talk about the schedule and it, sometimes they'll talk about it more when they lose. So it comes away from their players and try to detect the heat and uh, uh -huh. take things away from the players not playing very well. Um, but in all honesty, I don't really take much notice of it. I know what they're up to. They, they all just want to win. They, they want to play every night. They want to win every game, you know. Um, yeah. And when they don't win, it'll be the schedule's heavy, you know, or the pitch is not right or, you know, the kickoff <laughs> time was wrong or, you know, <laughs> it can't be we weren't good enough. Because yeah, then, no, I imagine then, their, then, their pitch yeah. not right is probably another thing that'll make you chuckle based on some of yeah, the grounds course, you might yeah. have had to play oh, in. God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> without a doubt, without a doubt. But it's, it's each to their own, you know, they're, they're at the level they're on. They deserve to be there. They're brilliant managers. Sure. But stop, stop moaning and get on with it, you know? <laughs> put a smile on our faces and play football. Yeah. So last question, um, you know, Adam, Adam's in a rough spot right now. Is there anything you can tell him to encourage him about uh, Arsenal right now? <sighs> yes. Always keep the faith. I believe we've got the right manager. Um, I think Arsenal at the moment, things are not going well and that happens in football. That happens in football. You know, I look at I look at um, our local rivals, Tottenham, you know, Spurs, who are doing yeah. really well, but they've picked up one point in three games. You mm -hmm. know, things can change very quickly in football. You can be, go from being title contenders to being challenging for seventh or eighth very quickly. Arsenal need to get a win to boost their confidence. Um, I think it's a very big January transfer window for Arsenal. I think they need to sell three or four players. I think they need to bring in three or four players. And I believe they will do. So tell Adam from me to keep the faith. And it's a bit like what I said earlier about Pep and Klopp. Stop moaning and get on with it, Adam. There you go. Stop moaning and get on with it, Adam. That's a that's a clip <laughs> that we'll keep forever. Um, yes. <laughs> we of course there's a there's a big big soccer chat rivalry as as you know my family we we pull for Chelsea and that game's coming up after Christmas so. Uh, yes. You know, best of luck to you after Christmas uh, when we've played that match. <laughs> well, I can tell you now, you can record this and you can tell Adam, Arsenal will win that game against Chelsea. <laughs> I'm afraid you might be right. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for your time, Chris. You're very Lund, welcome. And uh, we hope to catch up with you again soon in the spring under better circumstances and, and talk a lot more football. Have a great Christmas, guys. Thank you. Happy holidays to you as well. All right. So we are here with Bigglesweight FC manager, Dave Northfield. Dave, thank you so much for taking time to, to talk with our podcast. You're welcome. So it's, it's been kind of a, a slow start to the season. Um, right now, you, you guys got some good news in a match that was earlier uh, called off because of an injury at the end, uh, was awarded to you as a victory, um, but you're still 
kind of struggling at the bottom. What uh, what do you think it's going to take for the season to get turned around for you guys to to climb that table as you come back to play? <laughs> well, we've never been we've never felt that we're um, in too many in too many problems. There's only seven we're only seven games into it, and when when it stopped, and, and at that mm-hmm. point we had seven um, of our what we class as our starters in our first team all injured. So. Um, we we went through the same sort of bout of this problem last season, and then from Christmas onwards, we had a great run, and 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 we and we we're quite you know we're reasonably confident that once um, and a lot of these boys are, are are back, we've had a they're back training with us, so we should be we should be fairly close to what we think is full strength within the coming weeks. So. By the time and if it restarts, because of course in this, at the present in Britain is. There's no telling, but but if it restarts, we'll have a completely different side to the one that we've been putting out uh, in the early parts of the season. So looking back on that early part of the season, there were, um, you know, we saw some highlights of some really good connected passing and uh, build up to score some really awesome goals. What What's kind of the identity of your team? What's the style that you guys like to play as a as a club? Exactly that. So we we um, you know we we we're very much about. I mean, it's very easy. It's a very easy term and loose term to use. You know, beautiful game and all that. But the truth is, we do. You know, everything we do is based on on keeping the ball on the floor. It, you know, it's not about. We don't base our game on. Um, you know, our centre halves putting it uh, down the other end of the field and uh, and that style of play. We do like to. We do like to, you know, to to play through the phases, and and so so, you know, you'll see goals like that. At times that's not to say that we don't try at times put a foot through the ball. And it's not that we don't put balls in the box because we do, but everything we do at training, we know we had a we had a seventy five minute session three twenty five yesterday, and we we quite often run our training sessions where if the ball goes over your waist, that's a that's a free kick to the other side. So mm. we are very much what 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 you see is is how we like to be. You know, you're we we you know in the videos you've seen there there on the moments it's worked this season. You know, there's been times when it's worked beautifully. There's been a lot of waste when we've had created opportunities and not scored. And there's been a lot of times where teams have broke that down. And it's caused us an issue. But you know, we, we, we like to stick to our beliefs. We have had to change slightly over the last few seasons with probably in the way we defend uh, and the way we work mm-hmm. from the back. But but the truth is that is that we like to say is our identity. So as you're going forward in the season, you talked about some players coming back from injury um, who are kind of the main players on the club. Who Who are those leaders of the club that we would be paying attention to uh, as we look at results coming through the next uh, few months, yeah, we've we've um, you know we've got a few sort of talisman, if you like, the missing. But um, Tom Cookman, um, who is who plays in the nine for us or can play in other positions, probably one of our most well-known players. He's been out. He had a, he had a cartilage operation and uh, start of the season. He'd been struggling for some time. Um, Pat McCafferty, who's only twenty-two years of age, but but has been with us since the start, has been out now almost two seasons with an injury, which uh, has had another operation on it. And he is now back training. 
my own son, Lee Northfield, same thing. He's been out for an awful long time. He's now back fully playing. Um, it's quite a big list. I could go on for, I could go on <laughs> sure. for um, Daniel Bond had his first for 30 minutes yesterday this season uh, because of a pre-season injury, who's also another one of our nines. Um, you know, the list kind of becomes sort of endless, if you like. Uh, and, it, and once we start to add these lads into the squad, we, you know, we're, con- we're not, you know, I'd never sit on this in a conversation and say, once they're back, we're going to go walking up the league and we're going to be giving it a go because the truth yeah. is in terms of a financial playing field, we're so far behind uh, probably 95% of this league. It, it, you know, it's not worth talking about. But we um we we're confident that we have a side that will comfortably um you know will be comfortable in the league and and we'll take ourselves away from the where we appear to be t- at this present stage in a, in a little bit of trouble. But we're at no stage are we we looking at that and fearing anything. We ever we 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 look like we may have picked up uh, another couple of players this weekend. Um, one of them's. One of them's an ex MK Don's player. Um, oh wow! I won't say his name yet. Cause I haven't got him on paper, so I won't, <laughs> I won't say enough. too much if people listening. <laughs> I don't want them to know he's available. But but uh, you know, but we've we're still we're still uh, hopefully picking up one or two that will. And and the lad we're talking about would walk will, will come straight into the side. He's not one we think we've got to look at for a few weeks. He's one we want, and mm-hmm. he'll come in. So so we we're comfortable. We're, we're confident we'll be. Um, yeah, we have another lad, Sam Johnson, that's been out for most of the season as well. Who's, who, if you like, at the start of the season was possibly our big signing, you know. And he's, he's yeah. been out a fair time. And he again, he's, he's, um, he's actually had COVID, so he's been isolated. He, he'll, he'll be coming out of isolation the next day or so. But you know, and he's had an injury, and we, we, have the, the, the belief is he'll be back training. So we think we'll be comfortable, you know. And um, mm-hmm. we're a long way from ever probably sitting in here sitting on a conversation and going well, we think we can uh, be in the playoffs this season um, yeah but of course it's it's where we want to be in years to come that we that we want to get our, the club to be in that position so give us a little background how did you come to Biggleswade FC um, <clears throat> well it, I, first of all I'm born and bred in Biggleswade so I'm kind of uh, you know, it's it's my it's my passion, it's my it's my mm-hmm. town, and I've been involved with both the two other clubs in town. Um, but where, where we came about was um, that, and I'd managed Biggleswade Way Town before, so I had um, a relationship okay. previously with their chairman Morris Doran, and um, my son and, and a lot of the boys that are at the club now were all at um, academy sides, pro academy sides. Um, Ipswich and Steenage and Luton and teams like that. And so what happened was that the, the and it literally happened as quick as this, that the day at Steenage that uh, everybody was released, the next day I made phone calls to, to all of those boys and said, look, let's, let's start training. Let's, let's form an under-18 side for next season. Um, everybody, everybody was keen because at that time they'd all, you know, as we say, as we say down in this country, they've all had sort of a kick in the teeth, um, uh-huh. and um, and we started try and we. I spoke to Morris, and he said, you know, he he was 
he was fully supportive and he said, yep, yeah, you know, no problem at all. We can, we can um, accommodate you. We trained the following week. That's how quickly we started. So although the season wow. could, you know, we couldn't be in a the league then, we were, we were training within a week and we were, we managed to get ourselves two or three friendlies before the end of the season. And so we, so we built a momentum from that. Um, and the following season, uh, joined uh, what was the Furlough Nun League, uh, which was which is sort of the East Anglia side of our uh, league of our area, mm-hmm. and we were lucky enough to uh, under 17s win the under 18 league and their championship and follow up the following year. Um, but we got to so that's how we cut for and we run people's way town under 18s at that. But coming to the end of that second season where we were there was no more youth opportunity. We wanted to. Well, didn't certainly didn't want the side to break up, and and you know, and and, and again, Morris was honest. That Bilsway Town were not looking to have another side, a, a mm-hmm. reserve team side. So we formed our own team. Um, um, that took. Uh, we had to go up to Wembley and to the real FA and and put our case to be a step six side. That was turned down. We. Um, we appealed that decision, and and the rest is kind of history because we the, the appeal was was won. We set our side up the following year again. Morris and Town were were happy, you know, were happy for us to ground share with them, um, right. and, it, and it's gone from there. In the in the four you know in four seasons, the last the last season, this has almost become a non-event. But in those four seasons, <laughs> yeah, three seasons, sorry. We won Division One of what was the South Midlands League, and the next year I think come fifth in the Premier, and the following year won it. So in the three seasons we were formed, we'd moved through two divisions, and we're now at Step Four. Yeah, that's very cool. So as a th- as a third club in a fairly small town in Biggleswade, you know, do you, do you mm-hmm. get anyone that kind of tilts their head of you know really do you need a, a third club here? Um, or do you mostly get folks that are cheering you on and excited about it? I think that I think that the support we get is 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 very good. Um, again, I, when I when I say I'm a I'm born and bred Biggleswade person, I am, and and my my pride and joy, if you like, and and again something that I by being in charge, uh, managing the side along with Mark Inskip, is local players, and so. Um, we have Biggleswade boys and a lot of Biggleswade boys in our in our both our sides. We have a reserve team that's full of them, and the first okay. teams, four, five, probably six, and then most of the players are from around. I mean, you're you're talking of villages two, two and three miles out Henlow, and and then towns like Sandy, and we've got boys from these side from these all playing. So we're in a nice position in in this area that. People know names, you know. We've got sons of players that have played at both those clubs before, and 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 yeah. what have you. So we've we've built up a we've built up a good following, a good support. A lot of those people um, see what we're doing. Um, we, we're a friendly club, um, so when people come down, there we we think we do. You know, we try and do everything right. We make people feel welcome I, I believe when you come in the gate you get a smile and and that's mm-hmm. that's all we can do you know that's that's what we try to do and uh, and that's to this to this point at the time it's worked out well our average gate this season is 
is exceptional. We've improved it again. Um, you know, and and you know, and, and to every one of those that come that come to watch us, we we can't thank them enough. Um, but those numbers also, you know, those numbers say something's right. Yeah, you yeah. know, it, so we're doing something right. Our reserve team are in the same boat, you know, and again, because they're full of so many Biggleswade and local boys, you you know, we get a big number of, of people come down and we'll watch, we'll watch their games as well. And that's, you know, it's, it's heartening for me. Um, and it is, as, and it is obviously for the club. And it's when you're seeing people that I used to play against and, 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 or play with, and they're down there and their sons are involved, or they're just coming down because they like what we're doing at the club. That, uh-huh. For me, that's that talks volumes for what we do. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, do you guys have an idea of when your return to play is? You're you're making it sound like you're you're not completely sure when the Southern League is going to be resuming. Yeah, I, I've, um, I don't. If I'm honest with you, we we had <laughs> yeah. the information this week that Tier Threes could have um, some supporters in, and that was the original. And understandable why the league uh-huh. had stopped because of the level it was. Without and, and and any teams in the same in the same position, if you cannot get your supporters through the gate, then there's no income and you're starting to struggle. It's you know it's tough enough sure. with um, bars being closed and what have you. So if you can't get supporters through, you mo- you know I don't believe there's a side in the league and the leagues below that can operate with with without anything with any out any income coming through the gate. So. That was the situation, but that changed. Um, I believe that came in the last few days that they're going to allow an amount of supporters in. Now, I guess, I guess now there'll be a league meeting about it, um, but we haven't heard anything yet. Whether that will, whether that will change in the next few days, I don't know. We may get a start date, but again, the other thing within the country is that Christmas is coming, and with this five-day window. Will we find after Christmas that the figures have gone up and they'll and they'll put a hold right. to it? And if you know me personally, if we start getting to January and no football, then you get to the stage where you have to say, what can we fit in this season? Because we as a club have still got thirty-one league games to play, and if you get sure. down to February and you know when, then you have to as an as an FA and you can't just say, well, we'll just keep going and going because at some stage they have to get right. So. Whether they whether they will produce some shortened version, I really I really don't know. I mean, it is it is quite as a as a as a one of the managers of the side, you know, trying to trying to keep everybody's confidence up as well as your own because myself and Mark James who coaches and the poor poor old secretary Lee Rushbridge, you know, we're we're constantly mm-hmm. trying to trying to. Keep the momentum of the club moving forward without without having uh, anywhere. We don't really know where we where we're going, so we're training. We're sure. we're trying to arrange a few friends, but we're you know it's a, we're coming. We we keep turning to dead ends a little bit at the moment. So it's one of those. Well, over here in America, we've uh, we've got our fingers crossed for you. We're looking forward to you guys returning to play. Um, you know, we're in our off season as well, so. I was yeah. looking forward to following Biggleswade as as our guys were having their rest. Um, so we hope things go on. Thank you so much for your time today, and uh, we look forward to speaking with you again. Yeah, it'd be a pleasure if you do. I'd be, you know, as I said, uh, only too welcome to give you the time. Thank you very much indeed.
Uh, so we are here with the Arlo White of Biggles Wade, Josh Roberts Law, who uh, who does play by play for Biggles Wade United. Uh, Josh, thank you so much for joining our humble little program. No, thank you, thank you for letting me come on and speak to you guys. Um, yeah, it's been really exciting to be able to come on to my first ever podcast. I've been invited to, so it's going to be great to be able to talk Biggles Wade United and everything. Fantastic. So how did you get started covering Biggleswade? Do you, you do uh, the play-by-play commentary for the live stream, uh, and I think you do some other kind of video-type stuff for the club. Is that correct? Yeah, so it all started, actually. Um, so we had our national lockdown, which was about three months long in the United Kingdom. Um, so from then, I started making YouTube videos, but it was mainly based on video games, so I'd do weekly video game news i do reviews and everything like that and then obviously our chairman gian balage he tweeted out he was looking for basically volunteers to come and do media at biggles wage united so i thought i saw this on twitter and i thought oh, i'll apply i'm most likely not going to hear back so those people will apply and i think it was about a few days later i got an email saying that basically we can arrange for an interview with you and gm and I was really excited about that because I thought, wow, I've never thought I'd get an opportunity like this. So I followed it through and it basically said he wanted me to come along and do vlogs for the game. So that's sort of what I've been doing. And ever since then, I've sort of got into a bit of commentary. Um, we now live stream on Twitch. Um, we've started our own podcast. And there's obviously so much more we're trying to do at the club just to expand the media and sort of to replicate it on like Premier League sides do with all the media coverage, like interaction with the players, the fans and everything. And I think like we've been doing a really good job of that this season. Yeah, no, it's been a lot of fun, especially the Tuesday afternoons. Uh, if you promise not to tell my boss, there's plenty of times that I've pulled up the <laughs> Twitch app on my phone and, and listen to you guys. What's, what's been your favorite thing so far about getting to follow Biggles Wade and, and do that commentary and stuff? Uh, my favorite thing. Um, I th- I think it's just being being involved in in media as, as as a subject really. So like meeting new people, doing like interviews and everything. I sort of enjoy doing at home. I get to do with like other people who have the same interest as me. Um, so I've been able to imp- like, meet new people and improve on the things I already did on like making videos and that. So personally, for mm-hmm. me, I've improved speaking to people I don't know sort of having that confidence to go up to someone and sort of start a conversation that which are things I used to struggle with which I feel like I've really improved on and also just talking on camera and that really because that's quite a hard skill so you're talking to nobody even though there is an audience there you just can't see them <laughs> so that's been sort yeah. of one of the things that it took me a while to get a hang of but I feel like I'm getting there slowly now um, and it's just great to go to football games and watch football, especially when we're at a time where people weren't and still aren't able to go to watch these games. It's been great to go up there and we sit in like the big box looking over the pitch and be able to stream and that from there. Um, and the club's really great because they give us a lot of freedom on the stuff we can do. So like if we have opportunities or like ideas, they'll always be willing to help us with those. And like basically if if we have something we want to do at the club they'll always give us that opportunity to go and do that which is really good of them so let's talk about the club a little bit are are you um you know born and raised in biggles wade have you always been a biggles wade united supporter how did you uh how did you find the club um so no i'm actually from cambridge so i'm about an hour away so quite a distance to be fair 
Um, obviously, I knew a big was Wade United existed and that because they are sponsored by Top Eleven, which is an app I used to play. And you also, um, you'd always see like adverts with Big was Wade United and Top Eleven. I'd, I'd never quite understand why they sponsored each other at the time. It's quite confusing. And obviously, they had their chairman, who's obviously a big journalist and that, which I always felt was a bit a bit strange in that. But like once <laughs> I sort of saw the tweet and that, I sort of got involved, sort of learned about the club. It's obviously like a family club where everyone likes to help each other out. Um, it's obviously got a community which help the club and everything as much as they can. They come to the games home and away. And then obviously we sort of, we have, because we have like Spanish coach and that, and obviously GMB in Spanish, we sort of have like a Spanish audience as well. So, I mean, it's, right. it ends up being, we get so many different people from different countries, even India as well. People come and watch. Um, and since we've been live streaming on Twitch, we've just had different fan bases from here, here, there and everywhere coming together and watching games weekly. Um, and yeah, that's sort of how I got used to the club. And obviously, once I've been there a while now, you sort of learn how they play, learn the players and that and their personalities. Um, and yeah, it's been really enjoyable to see all that. So I'm I'm very much on the uh, Dave Parkinson bandwagon. I've been talking to our <laughs> club here in Chattanooga. Um, so much so that our coach's attorney sent a, uh, a cease and desist letter. But uh, what do you think, what are the skills that Dave Parkinson has that make him such a special player in that Biggles weight attack? Um, I'm not sure. He's, he's, he was obviously a really quick and strong player, which has helped, helps on the wing. Um, and obviously confidence is a big thing in the team. So obviously when, when you have that confidence, you do perform a lot better. Um, but obviously, it's the first it's first season of me being at the club. So it's obviously the first season I've been able to experience watching him play, and he just seems to be quite clinical, really. At any time he gets a chance, he's most likely going to take it. And he's sort of that he's that sort of player you look to in the team when you need a goal. He's the sort of player you look at, and he's also a great team player as well. So he's not someone who's going to start hogging the ball and not giving others the, the pass if they if they like got a better chance on goal and such. And so I think it's just mm-hmm. being a team player, working hard. And then when you do get that chance, he is very clinical. Um, I'm presuming that's sort of coming come down to a lot of training and such and just being sort of like really enjoying his game and stuff like that, really. And I think that's why he's developed into like a really good player in the league. I, I think his combination of size and speed as well. I mean, you, you see a, a you know tall, strong player um, and you kind of expect him maybe not to be as fast as he is getting to a ball and then he's beat you to it. That's it's pretty amazing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because you get a lot of um space in the on these sort of like non league games and such. So compared to like the Premier yeah. League and everything, so you do get a lot, a lot more end to end, a lot more chances in that. And obviously, he sort of just excels having a lot of space to run in and such. So that really does help his game. Yeah. So as uh, as Bigel Wade has gone through the season, they're they're kind of about two thirds to a halfway through. Uh, you guys have had since the return here a couple games that have been excellent. Scored eleven goals between the mm, two of them yeah. and have two victories. Uh, you're sitting at the top of the table. Um, what do you think the chances are for Biggleswade to be able to keep up this kind of form and look at possibly promotion uh, and promotion playoff at the end of the year? Yeah, I think they've got a fantastic chance. You know, at the top of the table, of course, and obviously they've got the momentum at the moment, and they had that pre-lockdown as well. Um, I think the expectations at the club at the start of the season wasn't for promotion. I think it was just sort of, sort of you, you want to be up there, you, you want to be at the bottom of the tail, but I don't think it was ever to push for promotion. 
Um, I think there's one of the games, I think, I don't think it's Ironsbury, I think, where we lost 4 0 in that. And obviously, that was sort of a game that was like a turning point in the season. And from then on, they've just got in better, improved better and better. Uh, there was a time in this season where we were conceding two goals in the first half every game. And you start to see that less and less now. And rather than just beating an opponent by one or two goals, we're starting to get three, four, five goals per game. And it's obviously just building the confidence. And obviously teams end up sort of fearing when they come to second meadow to play us because we're obviously very aggressive on the attack and such. Um, so I think we've got a really good chance of getting promoted. Everyone in the team seems to be gelling well together. Um, everyone's enjoying playing under Christian again. So obviously he come back to the club this season and he seemed to mm-hmm. put his um, imprint on the team. And yeah, it's really good because the club do have a, a good philosophy a philosophy of how they want to play because it will end up, it will stem down to like the ladies team and the under 23s. They want to play the same way. Um, like the coaches discuss different tactics and techniques they use in training. And it's good to have that blueprint for each of the biggest Wedge United teams. And you will see the ladies team as well. They've been like battering teams as well, which is really good to see. So yeah, I think I think it's definitely the way they've been training and how they've been taught to play is what's been the big factor this season. Well, that and having that on all levels, it's very similar to to what we have here in Chattanooga, where we have uh, our main club, and then we also have a uh, it's an under twenty three, it's kind of uh, amateur type team. Uh, that plays locally and then of course the women's program as well and our women's program is very uh very talented and and does a good job they unfortunately didn't get to play this summer uh with all the covid lockdowns so it's great to see your ladies Uh out there and and doing well uh tell me about second meadow you know as as you're able to kind of travel around and see the different grounds how does it rank in non-league football and and what's kind of maybe the most charming part of it to you um so yeah i've been to a good few stadiums now and they're all they are all quite different so obviously some are like closer to the pitch like the stand some are a bit more well back um Mm -hmm. but i think second meadow is just like it's funny enough it's not like the biggest stadium in biggleswey because i think it's biggleswey town also have a um stadium that's actually slightly bigger but i mean it's just like the groundsman team and that just look after the pitch really well so it's always looking really high quality um and just like the whole work that goes along around the stadium and that to keep it in like good nick is what's really makes it like feel like a really good place like a special home for the team um but i mean Mm -hmm. going around the grounds and such you do you sort of you do get some nice ones and then you'll get like some where the pitch isn't quite looked after as well it'll be like really muddy and that it's just not good for playing on all the time um but yeah, I mean, you, they're all the all the like the pitches are in like little towns and that, so it's nice to go around to different towns to see different places and such. Um, some teams will have like big backing, and there was one game I was at early in the season when it was pushing four hundred fans in this little ground, so that was really cool. Oh wow! Um, and the yeah. atmosphere gets going and that, and I think they had a drum in the in the stand as well, which is really cool to see. Um, and then you'll still go to we went. I think it was, we played, played at uh, Cambridge City, but we played at Histons Ground, and obviously Histon, obviously a few tiers uh, above us. And their stadium uh-huh. was really nice and well looked after, and they had proper massive stands in theirs. Um, so that was really good to see. I think that was in the FA FA Cup. That one was so that was really cool to, especially be able right. to play in the FA Cup as well to be able to see these stadiums, these bigger teams playing. Um, but yeah, second meadow is really nice because it's just nice and close in the community, 
and it's just like a very friendly place to go and you feel welcomed every time you go there the clubhouse and everything and everything they've set up there so yeah i really enjoy going there yeah so we we talked on twitter um and established that you're you're a cider guy that's that's the go-to at the bar (laughs) um yeah if you if you've seen pictures we also like the food here on soccer chat um so what's the what's the best snack what's the thing that you can find while you're there at the game to watch the match uh, the thing I go for is the hot dog and a Snickers bar. <laughs> um, uh-huh. I feel like the perfect okay. combination for me. Uh, and then normally, as it's cold at the moment, I'll go for a hot chocolate. Um, just keeps me warm throughout the game. And then after the game, we'll go into the clubhouse. And I think it was like a Bulmer's cider or something we'll have as well, which is really nice. And it's on the house as well because we obviously we'd help out there. So that's really cool as well. Yeah. So yeah, it's really good pretty good service they have yeah nothing beats free cider that's for sure <laughs> no, it can um, get pretty dangerous <laughs> yeah. so you said that you're a gamer um doing the youtube videos and things are are you do you play fifa yes yeah i play fifa I play call of duty um i sort of play all the big get multiplayer games and single player games really uh-huh. Um, we're actually at the club at the moment. We're actually expanding into like an esports branch of the club. Um, so esports, competitive gaming. Um, so at the moment, oh, cool. a few of us are looking into that. We're sort of trying to um build out a plan of finding coaches to be able to coach players, and we sort of want to uh implement how we sort of develop our footballers, but into how we develop our gamers. So we want to sort of use the same how the philosophy in the club is used in football and transfer that into esports. Um, so it's been really interesting. Obviously, he's been speaking, trying to speak to different people and learn more about it. Uh, but we're sort of just in the early stages, really trying to find a t- find some teams and such. Um, but yeah. it's looking really well, promising, which is really exciting. Um, and it's really different for a team like Biggles Wage United because obviously all the big teams have it, um, but none of like, the smaller teams in like, the lower yeah. divisions have this sort of thing. Um, so yeah, we're looking into going into that and having like our players stream on Twitch regularly and everything. Um, so we have our Twitch mm-hmm. channel be more active every day and such. So yeah, it's been really, uh, really exciting looking and looking forward to hopefully getting that up in the new year. Very cool. So when you're playing FIFA, what's the team, what's the club that you go for? Um, well, I'm actually an Arsenal fan, but obviously we've not been playing the okay. best at the moment. So they're not normally the team I go for, <laughs> um, Sometimes I go for like Chelsea in that they they have a lot of different players up front like Werner and Jury you can sort of mix about with they have a lot of pace obviously you yeah. got Pulisic the American um he's obviously been of really course. good last season he looks very really promising for like a young age um how about yourself what what teams do you like to play yeah so that's good you've you've definitely earned points so Adam uh, <laughs> with the with the show is a big Arsenal guy um so you've won points with him and I. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I started following Chelsea because of Pulisic, just, you know, just curiosity. I wanted to see what he could do and how he fit in with the club and just kind of started to enjoy all the other players as well, like Mason Mount and Reese James and Olivier Giroud. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've we've become kind of a Chelsea family in my household. Um, actually, my <laughs> son just got his haircut and looks like Mason Mount. Um, so and then we've <laughs> nice. got we've got Jeff as well, who's a Wolverhampton guy um and no, so yeah, we're not speaking a good season as well <laughs> yeah yeah we're not speaking to jeff because of the results from yesterday <laughs> but 
<laughs> yeah, that came out of nowhere, didn't it? <laughs> Too weird. Yeah. So, and of course, oh. I love when I get on FIFA. It's usually after you know the family's gone to bed, and I get on career mode. So I actually just got Queens Park Rangers into the Premier League. Um, no way! But... They're, they're the team I started with. <laughs> Was it really? <laughs> That's yeah. excellent. <laughs> yeah, I started with Queens Park Rangers because um, they got the stadium in the ground. They ended up by like Juru and that, and he yeah. also scored so many goals in the championship. Um, <laughs> see, that's mad that we both started the same team. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Josh Roberts Law, thank you so much, and uh, we look forward to continuing to follow the Biggleswade teams, and uh, look forward to talking to you later in the year and catching up. Yes, thank you for having me on. Um, hopefully, we'll get promoted later this season. And we'll have a bit of a party in that. It'd be really great to be able to stream all these moments for you guys. And yeah, hopefully, we'll have a good remainder of the season. And yeah, hopefully, we'll get some more wins and more high scoring games. Yeah, good luck. Thank you. So, that was a lot of fun. Adam. Coach Nunn had some hope for you. Says not to be worried about Arsenal. Um, yeah. So he's he's kind of in the same boat as you were previously. And uh, that's that's pretty much it for this amazing Festivus mega spectacular episode. Uh, we hope this gets you through the holidays. We'll We'll be back hopefully sometime in january or february when we have an idea of when the start of the season is and have more players to talk about guys you have anything else to add I'll, i got I'll nothing judge by your silence that that no you don't <laughs> all right well everyone enjoy your holidays thank you so much for your support and listening to us and uh we'll see y'all next time Bye. Bye. You know mom hates that, right? <laughs>